Well, we're in a series of messages called Hope, uh, Love Express that we're starting today. And this morning, as we get started with that series, I want to uh, introduce to you Jim Heddles. Jim Heddles has been one of the recent additions to our staff on a part-time basis. And his official title is the Interim Director of Spiritual Formation. So, Jim, welcome. I uh, wanted to sh- have you share with us a little bit about what that means for everybody and also a little bit about what you're getting ready to start help leading us through. Right. So that's... Um a really long title for uh, basically another helper. So um, this is an unpaid uh, staff position, just so I clarify that for people. This is a volunteer role. And um, basically I want to help all of us grow nearer to, to Jesus and, and walk in the purposes that he has for us. Paul, I need the next slide too. Um, so my first act of helping you is to help a little bit with this mygrace.church that you hear all the time because if you're like me, you got tired of typing that into your browser and I didn't know this for quite a while, but there's a very simple way to create that little icon on your phone. That's my phone on the left. And so if you're interested in that, uh, I can show you afterward at the table outside. So that's my first help so you can get to mygrace really quick because you're going to see this morning a lot number of things are in mygrace. Dave and I have been talking about the things that happened to him over sabbatical, the new things he's learning, the things that some of us learned from Debbie D. Bernardi, these new spiritual practices and ways to go deeper, and trying to figure out how to, how to, how to introduce that in a, in a helpful way to the congregation. We also were talking about this series that's coming up. As you know, David's now going to start speaking on the Psalms, the Proverbs, Lamentations, uh, Song of Solomon and Job, which is the content of this book, The Poets. And we've been talking about poets in the context of small groups quite a bit. And so I just wanted to clarify this morning that what we really are encouraging everybody to participate, whether you're doing this in your life group, whether you've signed up for a small group that's going to discuss it, which you can still do. Um, but we'd really like to encourage everybody to do it. And there's several ways to do it. You can buy the book, which some people are really eager to do. For others, this feels intimidating to read in eight weeks. And so we have a condensed version that's shorter that covers the same stream. We have a, uh, a handout that you can use your own Bible. There's an audio Bible. So there's a number of resources for you to uh, participate uh, along with us. And it's also on mygrace.church. Um, there's a tab that describes it, and there's a reading plan there accessible as well if you lose your piece of paper or if you want to do it electronically. So that's the first thing that we've talked about doing. And I just want to encourage all of you to find a way to maybe engage with us in this. Maybe you're an avid reader, and this is a, would be an exciting thing for you to take on. Um, why would you need this book? Well, this book is just really just that section of scriptures without the chapter headings. They've been all stripped out, so you can just kind of read through it in story form. But you can also read it in your own Bibles as well. But as Jim was sharing, we're going to be offering the full read each week, which would take about 15 minutes or so a, a, a day for five days a week, or a shortened version, which will only take you just a couple minutes to read through some of the highlights of it. So that, that was the first thing I wanted to share, and, and not too new. The second thing is, 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 a bit, is a new program or new initiative that we want to start during the same period. And it's related to what I was saying as David and I were trying to figure out how do we introduce some of these new spiritual disciplines to the group. And so as we were talking, this idea started to gel of something that we're calling 222. So if you came in this morning, the ushers were trying to give you a piece of paper that says 222 on the top. If you don't have that, 
I'd encourage you to raise your hand and somebody will get you one. That's what we want to talk about here for a minute or two. Or it's in the MyGrace. Uh, <laughs> it's also in MyGrace. If you want to see it there. Yeah. So what does 222 stands for? Basically, two times a day, two to 20 minutes, two questions for reflection. The idea here is to start to help you, give you a very simple way to connect with the Lord. We find that multiple times a day, even if they're short, are really helpful to recognize that God's active in your life, that he's interested in what in your daily activities, and that you can connect with him. So that's the first two, whether that's morning and noon or noon and night or when you get up and when you go to bed, or more often, you're not limited to two. Uh, two to 20 minutes, the point of that expression is that if this is new to you, you know, two minutes, just stop in the middle of your day for a couple minutes and reflect on Jesus, reflect on what you've read. And the second is these two questions that um, the first one will help you connect with the sermon series. This is the this is what David will be kind of the context of what he'll be preaching on. How is God showing his love to me and how is he showing his love through me today? So think about where God's doing that. And the second question is to think about your feelings in the day. What are your highs and lows? And what can you bring to the Lord in that? And one of the things in some of the readings we've been doing that David's done and others is this is a very helpful practice. It's short, but it really connects you with what's going on, and God is interested in that. And the interesting thing is this poets series we're doing as you get into it if you haven't read the psalms before you'll find out that it's very emotional it's very much this is what i feel i'm angry i'm upset i'm happy i'm full of joy and it's his freedom in expressing that to the lord and so we feel like this would be a good time to learn how to practice that even in small pieces um we have a couple of thoughts on how to be silent just to integrate that as a starting point just to spend a few minutes Clearing your thoughts, thinking about Jesus, thinking about the Father, and then reflection, as I'd already said. And if, if you've never done this before, on the back side, there's something called getting started, some examples, what a day could look like. It's just, this is also on my grace, just very simple. It might be that you read a psalm in the morning and that you pray through your day's agenda, and then maybe after work you stop on your way home and you sit in the car for a couple of minutes and just... Let the day go by and reflect on what's happened and, and give thoughts to the Lord. So a couple ideas, and we just would really think that you'll get a lot out of trying this. I didn't. I should say, sometimes spiritual practices sounds kind of intimidating, you know, like that's what hermits do, and i got to be a monk in the forest to do that. But really, you all did a spiritual practice this morning. You came to church. That's a, something you do to help you grow. You pray maybe before your meal. You Maybe you pray at night before you go to sleep and you read the Bible. All those are spiritual practices. There's nothing really mystical about it. It's just the things that we do to, to help us grow closer to the Lord. And so a couple of these things might be you find these are great. They're really helpful and you want to do them much longer. Others, this is not exactly what's the best for you, but it's still, it's helpful to, to be exposed, to try new things and to see where God meets you and, and what uniqueness um, you bring to him and he wants to respond. Thank you so much, Jim, for the work you're putting into this. So 
Today we are starting this new series of messages on Love Express. And as I said, we're going to be looking at how God expresses His love to us and through us. And today we're going to be actually looking at Psalm 8 and, and realizing how God expresses His love to us and through us through creativity. So here's what I want you to do as we get started this morning. I want you to all close your eyes for just a moment. Close your eyes. Don't worry, nobody's going to kind of grab you on the shoulder or anything in this moment. Close your eyes. I want you to think for a moment... Picture in your mind people you believe to be highly creative. Who comes to mind as you close your eyes? Is it some lady wearing overalls with splattered paint uh, all over her with a, and a brush and a canvas? Is it some sinewy, scrawny-looking man with long hair tied up in a rubber band plucking a guitar? Is it a kid playing with Play-Doh? Who comes to mind as you think about highly creative people? You can open your eyes. I wonder, for some of you, as you are picturing those people, how many of you pictured yourself? Perhaps very few of you. If not yourself, why not? Why don't you picture yourself to be creative? Well, you might say, well, Dave, I'm not a creative person. Really? Are you sure about that? This personal observation I've had as I was thinking through this message today. Most of us, when we hear the word creative, I think we think of people like artists and musicians and poets, right? I picture someone in an art studio or in some smoky bar with a clove cigarette between his fingers, right? Doing something highly creative. I don't picture myself in those moments. I don't think of people like farmers and architects. Or accountants and teachers is highly creative. Yet in their area of giftedness, they are also highly creative. And for so many of us, somehow along the way, we convince ourselves that we aren't creative. And that this God-given creativity that he's put in us in those moments is then minimized or devalued or may even be shelved totally. However... Here's what I want us to see this morning. God lovingly created each one of us in his likeness. And so you know what that means? That means we are created to be creative. We are created to be creative. We reflect God's loving nature when we share these creative gifts with the world around us. Now, if you join us on this reading plan here over the next uh, few weeks, this first week we'll be actually reading through the first section of the book of Psalms. This morning we're going to actually be looking at Psalm 8. So if you want to kind of get ahead, you can turn there in your scriptures today. But as, we're, as you're turning there, let me ask you, you or let me just say, you might be thinking as Jim was sharing all this stuff, why are we doing this? Why are we leading this, our congregation into reading all this scripture over the next several weeks? What's the point of reading all this scripture together. Well, let me share with you this. In America today, 85% of Christians say they feel stuck spiritually. 85%. And they don't feel like they're growing, really, and they don't feel like they have a plan or have an idea of how to grow. I know as a pastor that anyone will grow, regardless of their age or background, when they do one thing. When they pursue a relationship with Jesus. 
In whatever ways you're wired, you're gifted, whatever makes you tick, if you can find a way to draw closer to Christ, to build a relationship with Christ, you're going to grow. You're not going to stay stuck in your faith life. When we involve Christ in our day-to-day lives, when we include him, when we weave him into the fabric of our days, we are saying, God, you are more important to me than anything else, more important to me than life itself. And in those moments, oftentimes what we find is as we read Scripture, that's a moment we can connect with Christ because the Scriptures are basically God's word, God's letter, love letter to us. So reading scripture is such a great way of doing that. But as you see on the screen, how many people who say they're stuck or who even don't say they're stuck, how many people in America actually would say they have actually read through the Bible at least one time? Only 1% of American Christians have ever done that. Now, several months ago, it was actually almost two years ago, we tried this for the first time by reading through the entire New Testament together. Maybe some of you did that, and it was a, it was a challenging experience for you. You're like, really, Dave? We're going to read through the entire New Testament in 40 days. And I'm like, yes, we can do this. And so many of you did it, and you were like, Dave, I just don't think I can keep up. I don't know if I can do this, but you did it. And I saw so many people. You may not have seen it, but for me, I saw the lights coming on in so many of your hearts. I, heard, I saw it in small groups. I saw it on Sunday mornings in conversations in the breezeway. I saw God was doing something as you entered into scriptures and you just said, God, I'm just going to dive in and see what you can do through this time. So, again, this, through this series, we're offering you the ability to read the scriptures online. You can listen to them, uh, the audio versions. I've already kind of gotten a head start on that myself. I've already, you know, I'm already a few days ahead. From, and for me, I'm an audio kind of a person. It really helps me to be able to hear it. So even if something as simple as maybe your car ride to work, you dedicate that 15 minutes to just, I'm just going to listen to the scriptures this morning off the app uh, or off the mygrace.church this morning. And allow God to work through you in, in that way. I think it would be incredible. You know, sometimes we say, well, I don't have time, Dave, to, to put that much time into reading Scripture or whatnot. Yet, how easy is it for us to sit down and flip on Netflix and watch a one-hour sitcom, right? And this is less than half of that amount of time, just five days a week. And it can, it's less, probably less time than most of us spend just surfing through social media every day. And it can jumpstart. Our relationship with God. So with that in mind this morning, I'm going to start us off and we're going to look at Psalm 8 this morning. Let me just read this to you and feel free to follow along on the screen or on mygrace.church or you can just listen to it as I read it to you. Hear God's word this morning. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell us Of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. You've made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made putting all things under their authority. The flocks and the birds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. 
These psalms are a collection of songs that were written over a period of over 800 years. And they were, they've been sung for thousands of years in worship. They add a, a personal element to the stories of the Bible, helping us to see the, the struggles and the triumphs of those who loved God a long time ago. And they show how God welcomes the honest expressions of our hearts to him. Through these readings this week, as I explained to you, uh, this first, we're going to be looking at the first section of the Psalms. These Psalms, in particular this week, were penned by, the, by King David. And they basically lead us through the good and the bad times of his life. They, we see in some of these Psalms him praising God for helping the needy, for responding to us in times of need. Yet in other places it, we see David crying out for help and for rescue and for restoration. I chose Psalm 8 this morning because Psalm 8 is a little bit different than many other of the psalms that we'll be looking at. Psalm 8 is one of about a half dozen psalms that marvel at God's creative nature. We see through Psalm 8 that God didn't just create the world in his creativity, but he created us. He created us to be creative and to lead, to have dominion on the earth as creative beings. Now, in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, what we actually see is that God in his creativity, he created us to be creative. What we see in Genesis 1 and 2 is that God put the imago dei, which is in Latin for the, the image of God, the likeness of God. He put his stamp on us. And that stamp, in part, is a stamp of creativity. God in his creativity didn't just create all the majesty and beauty that's around us. He created us with the capacity to be creative and to carry out that creativity to bless and to love others throughout the world. We reflect God's loving nature when we are creative in this world. So let's unpack that a little bit. First thing I want us to see this morning is God in his creativity... Shows his glory through his creativity. God, Genesis explains and Psalm 8 reminds us that very, since the very beginning it's been in God's nature to create and to be creative. He has, God has this profound ability to create something out of nothing, right? Nature gives us incredible reasons to glorify and praise God. From the magnificence of the Catalina Mountain skyline, which we look at so many times and we can even take for granted to the feel of a baby's fuzzy head. <laughs> we see how creative God's hand is. A few nights ago, I caught myself staring out my bedroom window at the uh, lunar eclipse and harvest moon all at the same time and the beauty and the majesty of that. From the very uniqueness of every fingerprint to the movement of the planets and the stars in space, they're all created by God's master plan. So God is creative and he shows his glory through his creativity. But God created us to be creative as well. And we reveal his glory when we're creative. Psalm 8 says we're created differently than all the rest of creation. We have this imago dei, this stamp of God on us. Now that doesn't mean when we are created in the image of God that God has two legs and two arms. God is a spirit, but we bear the image of God through God-like qualities like goodness 
and love and imagination and creativity. No other created being, think about this, no other created being has the capacity, the gifts, the imagination to be able to create and to be creative, to, to paint, to build, to, to draw, to sew, to plant, to organize, to mold, to, to write, and so many other things. All these things came from the goodness of God and God's imagination placed in us. We reflect God's glory. And we can even reveal the, the heart and the love of God in those moments when we're creative. So many times I think that we take our creativity for granted. We think, ah, oh, I'm not all really that creative. Or we see the creative gifts we have and we just kind of see them as tasks that we can do or obligations that somehow we can use to help others every now and then. And God says, I planted that unique mix of gifts in you to reflect my glory throughout all the earth. No other person alive has the same unique mix of gifts that you do. The capacity to create the way you do. We assume sometimes that creativity is this, is this thing that has just been given to this small anointed group. But that's not true. You know, for children, creativity comes naturally, doesn't it? Think about it. They instinctively know how to play and to create. They're not worried about doing it wrong. They're not worried about doing it worse than the others around them, right? You know, if you were to walk in the kin a classroom of kindergartners this morning and you were to ask them, how many of you find yourself to be good artists? How I bet you most of them would raise their hands, Right? And I also bet if you go into that same classroom eight or nine years from now and you ask them that same question as middle school or high schoolers, only a fraction of them would raise their hands. Social and work pressures further inhibit us as we grow older, valuing right brain logic over left brain creativity. Even our schools are guilty of this. But here's the truth. Here's what I want you to walk away with this morning, and I hope you never forget it. Every one of us has been made to be creative. It's hardwired into our DNA by God himself. God gives each person a unique mix of gifts so that we can use those to be creative. Whether you're a barista or a barkeeper, whether you're building engines or building code, I don't care. God's created you to be creative. You know, I love what a writer I was just reading a few days ago named Stephen Altragi says. He says this. Listen to this. He says, when an accountant takes piles of raw data and he fashions the data into a meaningful sales report, he is reflecting the image of God. When a woman works the raw soil and causes it to bring forth flowers and vegetables and herbs, she is reflecting the image of God. When an electrician corrals the wild, dangerous electrical currents into light bulbs, he is reflecting the image of God. When a writer assembles letters into sentences and sentences into paragraphs and paragraphs into books, she is reflecting the image of God. Every man, woman, and child is creative. And when we create, he says, it pleases God. 
Because he sees us reflecting his image. He sees us imaging him to the rest of the world. This writer then adds something really important to remember. He says, you know, we have to work at being creative. So oftentimes we think, oh, well, I'm not creative because it just feels hard. It feels unnatural to me. Well, any creative person that you talk to who thinks that they're creative, any musician, any poet, it doesn't just kind of flow out of them like, you know, some trance. There's work involved in being creative. And this is what he says. He says, creativity is hard work. It takes work to create a poem or a garden or a car engine or a piece of furniture. It requires killing our laziness and working faithfully over extended periods of time. It requires a willingness to receive criticism with humility. It requires sweat and elbow grease. It requires diligence and faithfulness. It's easier to not make anything at all. It's easier to just be a consumer, to to suffocate the creative gifts that God has given us. You know... When I, put this, when I was thinking through having to put this message together, I knew that this was a message God was going to be having me speak several weeks ago. And I kind of saw this one on the list, and I just kind of would be, get anxious every time I'd look at it. I'm like, oh, me talking about creativity. I am so not creative. I'm just going to struggle through this whole week trying to prepare this message. I remember one day I was sitting at the kitchen table trying to do some writing, and I was just staring out the window, and my, my face, I'm sure, was just crinkled. And my wife looks at me in that moment. She says, why are you thinking so hard? And, she, and I, honestly, I just looked at her and I said, I'm trying to figure out how I'm creative. And she said, are you? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I think so, because God says I am. You know, I look at her and I just marvel at the creativity I see in her all the time. This woman has this ability to walk into Joanne's and see a bolt of fabric and to see a beautiful set of curtains. She can see a little girl's dress and then bring it home and just create it. It just boggles my mind. She has this ability to take this random recipe out of this magazine and think, oh, this has potential, and rework it completely, do different things with it, and make a recipe twice as good as the original one ever was. That's my wife. She has the ability to do that. She can go to the store. Go, she loves going to beading and jewelry stores and buying little wires and these little tiny beads that you know, I mean, almost are invisible. And just sitting down with them and making beautiful jewelry out of them. She can spend hours doing this kind of stuff. And it feeds her soul. And I'm like... <laughs> What do I got? And I started looking around my house and I realized there are some things that I can create. I can create order out of chaos. I can walk into a disaster of a house where my wife has been creating stuff in like four or five different places all at the same time. (laughs) And I had this amazing ability to create order out of that chaos and organizing and putting it back into place. And I never thought that was creativity. I thought that was just being anal retentive. <laughs> and God showed me in that moment, I created you to create order out of chaos. God showed me how he, throughout my life, God has been molding me and shaping me to, to take random words and thoughts and be able to create through my writing, through my preaching, the ability to help people connect with scriptures in a way that feels personal and meaningful. 
I don't get that. I don't get why God picked me to do that and not someone else. But that's the gift of creativity God's given me. And you know what? Every single one of you, if you were to take the time, you would figure out how God has uniquely stamped you to be creative. So how about you? How has God created you to be creative? Are you using those gifts to their utmost potential? Are you seeing them as expressions of God's creativity through your life? Let me tell you, we all want here at Grace your creativity. We want to see the expressions of your creative gifts. I want to be inspired by your creativity. And I want to find ways of using that creativity even here at Grace or in our community to help reflect God's glory to other people. I see this all the time. Yes, I see this on Sunday mornings when there's a band who stand up here and help lead us in worship. I see the creativity in that. But I also see the creativity in a woman named Pat O'Brien, who some of you may not even know, who's a part of Grace. And she has this ability to take fabric and candles and create this beauty out of them. Uh, you wouldn't see it this morning because this morning is, the table altar is decorated for just has the communion elements on it. But so many Sunday mornings, you may walk in and notice her little creative touch in that moment where as people walk in, they see the creativity of God. This last Christmas season, you know, we, oftentimes we're like, who's willing to help decorate the church for Christmas, decorate our campus? And I was like, oh. This year, Pat O'Brien said, said, I'd love to do that. And she put her little stamp on so much of what you saw in this room and in the breezeway during that season. I think about a woman at Grace named Debbie Thomas who has this, this incredible gift of intercession and praying for other people. And she has taken that gift and she's merged it with her creativity and she prays for people and then she writes them these beautiful greeting cards and mails them. Uh, and some of you have probably received some of those cards over the years. They're amazing. And her hand, even her handwriting amazes me how beautiful and creative it is. I hold on to her cards when she sends them. That's God's stamp on Debbie. I think about a guy here at Grace named David Phillips, who some of you know because he's gotten right in front of you as you've walked into the breezeway on a Sunday morning, and he's handed you a little something that he's created over the last week. David lives alone throughout his life, and he spends his days finding ways to occupy his time and glorify God through his creativity. And he will make these things on paper and he'll hand them out to people in the breezeway on Sunday mornings. And you may look at this and think, what is this? That's God's creative stamp on David Phillips. That's God's expressing his love and his beauty to you through that man. People have the ability here at Grace to create a friendly, welcoming environment to new people who walk in. And I see that every Sunday morning in the guest, at Guest Services Center. I see it with the greeters in the breezeway. And you might think, oh, that's just a thankless job. I mean, what's the point? I've got so many other things I can be doing. I don't know if I have time for that. You have the ability to display the love of God to someone who has never walked into this church on a Sunday morning. To show your creativity through creating a welcoming environment in those very simple little moments. There are so many ways God can use you to be creative. You can use your cooking gifts to help with an alpha meal on a Wednesday night, to help with blender meals on Sunday nights as kids are running through here and grabbing food. You might think, oh, that's just such a big responsibility. 
I would say that is such a big opportunity to show God's creativity and to show his love to those who are walking into the doors of grace who are having questions about their faith. Right now, I'm looking for a group of people who have creative gifts around interior design because I, have just, I just had this vision of taking my sterile white wall office and turning it into something beautiful. Not for me, but for our community. To create a dual purpose room because right now, we're not going to be able to get into phase two of our Space for Grace expansion plan, which would include building out a prayer room. And so I want to just offer up my office as a dual purpose where I'll use it at times during the week, but that it would also be used for people to come and pray and encounter God. And I want that room to be the most beautiful room on campus as people come to come face to face with God. I'm looking for some people, because that's not my area of creativity, let me tell you, to come alongside me and help me see it and help me put it into place so that we can all benefit from it throughout the year. You can see the gifts, the talents that God has given you, and you can see them as just things that can be used at times as tasks, and you can just drag your feet. And every time you see an opportunity to use those gifts, even here at Grace or in the community, you might drag your feet like, oh, I'm so busy. Or you can see that as God opening up another little window for you to express his love to other people. It's totally up to you. You know, one, one young man in Boston totally gets this. He has two gifts, he says, of creativity. One with creating bow ties off of his little sewing machine at home and his ability to create cleanliness and order by being a janitor at a church. He sees both of them as equally creative. And he embodies Colossians 3.23, which says, Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you're doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. Take a look at this little clip about Christopher Sean. My bedroom has always been my workspace from the time I was little. Anything that I was dreaming up was done in my bedroom. That's where my energy is nice and balanced because everything is kind of like me in there, you know? I'm not surprised that I have a sewing machine across from my bed. <laughs> it works, you know? makes sense to me my crazy world my name is Christopher Sean and I'm a visionary I'm also a designer a fashion designer uh, primarily bow ties Beyonce wearing the finale bow tie for the Oprah Winfrey finale I cried when I watched it but the reason why I cried was because Maintaining my individuality is what got me there. What do I have to do today? My title at the church is a janitor. I clean. <laughs> I love this vacuum cleaner, especially when it's empty because it's really lightweight. So I wear it like a backpack and I just vacuum. Go. Raw processes what I find to be amazing about just about everything. I came across Chris because of his work ethic and how detailed he was about how he cleans a building, which was, needless to say, refreshing. 
there was a specificity around his approach to anything and everything from our building to conversations. Typically when people find out what I do, they get really excited. And the, the first thing they say is, why didn't you say something? I'm like, well, what did you want me to do? Like shake your hand and start to run off everything I consider an accomplishment in my life? Like I said, it's, it's my work, you know? It's more about the process and what, what the goal of the process is than the things that happen in between. There's a point. One of the most important things is your individuality. In order for you to achieve your purpose, you have to get comfortable with being the individual you were designed to be. So what has God put inside of you to be creative? And what's your excuse? What holds you back from using those gifts to show the love of God to those who are around you. Don't buy the message that you aren't creative because you are. God's placed his stamp on you. Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray this morning that you would unleash in every person in this room a sense of awe and wonder at what you've created in us and through us. May we no longer look at ourselves and see lack. May we no longer look at ourselves and see ourselves as un in uncreative people. But may every time we look at ourselves in the mirror, may we see the Imago Dei. May we see the image of God and marvel and wonder at it. And may we look at our hands and see how they can be used to create life to create beauty, to create environments of love so that the world can know who you truly are. In Jesus' name, amen.